Who's switched on when it comes to animals? Who can tell me what the difference is between sheep and a goat? Goats are silly and sheep are stupid. There are some who would disagree with you. Wow. Goats are stubborn. Yep, and sheep are, sheep are followers. It's true. Different fleeces. Yeah, yeah. What is it about the tails? You know about the tails? I've got to say, I had no idea. I'm, I'm a city kid from Melbourne suburbs and uh, I went to sheep101.com uh, or something like that to actually find out what it was. And he, here's, what I, here's what I came up with. A goat's tail goes up and a sheep's tail goes down and they're often docked for obvious reasons. Diet, giveaway. Okay? Goats are browsers. Goats can get up on their back legs and actually reach up get into trees and stuff like that to actually grab something to eat and they'll eat almost anything, won't they? Sheep have thick curly horns and goats have thin narrow horns. Apparently sheep hang out together much more than goats. Goats can go it alone a bit more. Okay, They're a bit more independent. And depending on who you talk to, goats stink a whole lot more than sheep. But this website was Sheep 101, so they may have a, some kind of bias so when we talk about tails going up or hanging down, when we think of thick curly horns and narrow thin ones, hanging together, goats are browsers, sheep are grazers. Seems pretty easy, doesn't it? Would be pretty easy to tell the difference between sheep and goats? What do you reckon? Well, when you're talking about sheep and goats, it can be. It can be. If you're looking and you know what to look for. But I think it is, it's a bit more complicated. So as we launch in to separating the sheep and the goats, we're going to pray. Let's do that now. Lord Jesus, we thank and praise you today that you will come again in glory with all the angels and that you'll judge us and the world. We ask that you would prepare our hearts to hear the truth of your word today. Thank you that that your love speaks the truth to us, even when it calls us to repentance and faith in you, well, especially when it does that. So Holy Spirit, be at work convicting us of our sins and lead us to the healing and renewing grace of the cross so that we might live as people who bear the beautiful fruit of a living and active faith this day and always until you come, until you come to take us home. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, according to Sheep 101 anyway, according to Google, it's easy to tell the difference between sheep and goats. And Jesus says in the Gospel today that at the end of time when he comes in glory with all the angels, says all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people. He'll separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And it got me thinking, I wonder when you look into this passage of scripture, what do you see looking back at you? Do you see a sheep? What do you see? A goat? And how can you tell a sheep from a goat when it comes to the last judgement of all people? All people. How can we do that? It's not so simple. We're talking about judging people. And we need to tread very carefully here. You might be thinking, you know, Scripture comes to your mind, do not judge so that you will not be judged and claim to live by that each day and perhaps on a good day both you and me think like that. But what about when you get angry? What about when you get mad, when you're frustrated? What happens then? What happens in the heat of an argument or when someone's words or actions cut you to the heart? 
Are you left thinking with a big smile on your face? Oh, do not judge so I will not be judged. Or do you let it all go? Do you let it go and say things that you regret or things that you, you should regret according to the word of God? If you're here today and you're an expert in the silent treatment, remember there's someone who can read your thought life too. One of the most regrettable things, it's awful, that people think and say to each other are those words, go to hell. They are the worst, most unloving, Satan-inspired three words you could say to another child of God. It's a judgment call of someone who puts themselves in the place of God and eternally condemns another person by their words. It's the actual opposite of the gospel. When Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations and baptise them in my name, go to hell says, I hope you never know Jesus. I hope you never know his love. I hope you never know his grace at work in your life. I hope that you don't get into heaven. I hope you go to hell. Oh, it's so bad. Hoping people won't ever be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's not just go to hell. There are countless variations that roll off tongues that judge and condemn people that God loves and who Jesus died for. To judge means to separate. When we talk about separating sheep and goats, it's judging. And judging makes us curious because for many people they think one day God will separate all the good people from the bad people. That's what it will be about. For them, the sheep are the good folks and the goats are evildoers. And what they really mean by that is that God will separate and condemn all the people who aren't like me, a good person, a sheep. He'll get rid of them, the good and the bad. How hard is it to work out who is good and who is bad? Often, we misjudge people every day. And so judgment belongs to God alone. It belongs to the good shepherd who doesn't merely look at outward appearances or act out of hurt or malice like we often do, but the good shepherd who examines the intricate details and even the motivations of your heart. He's the one that does the judging. It's God alone who acts as judge in eternal matters and not flawed people like me or like you. And that is very, very good news because it means God won't use human criteria on Judgment Day. God will use divine wisdom. He'll use godly knowledge. He'll use the divine Creator's understanding. And I think that, again, is wonderful news, because at first glance at this text, at first glance of this story, it seems to say that the sheep on Jesus' right who go to heaven are people who do the right kind of things people we might call good people. And these people are commended for looking after the sick. They're commended for feeding the hungry, clothing the poor and the list goes on. And those who are rejected are condemned for failing to help others as they could have. Will heaven or eternal separation from God hinge on you? Will it hinge on you and the kind of things you did or didn't do? What do you think? What does Jesus mean? when he says stuff like this. And I can say if you haven't been reading your scriptures, you could get stuck here. This could trip you up. That's why it's important. We need a a big picture understanding of the Bible to get what Jesus is saying. We need to think 
What sits at the very centre and core of the Bible's message? That is a real live question. What sits at the centre and core of the Bible's message? Jesus and his cross sits at the very core. It's what's at the centre. Your life, your forgiveness and your eternal hope doesn't hinge on you. If it does, man, you're in trouble. It hinges on Jesus and his work for you on the cross. He is the source and foundation of your salvation. Jesus, the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. He is the good shepherd who rescues you, who rescues all his sheep, who leads them back onto his path when they stray from the truth, when they wander away, because that's what sheep do when they stop listening. They wander off. Jesus calls you back. So what matters on Judgment Day will be your attitude and your relationship to Jesus Christ, not a catalogue of your finest deeds. The world might tell you that being a good person will get you into heaven. That's not what Jesus is saying. Your good deeds are simply the fruit of a living faith, ministry done in the name of Jesus, but no one earns their way into heaven. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life. The Bible says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved. The Apostle Paul wrote, for it is by grace that you've been saved, through faith and this is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not by works. Entry into heaven is a matter of who you believe in and trust in every aspect of your life. Believe in Christ and be saved by Christ. Trust in yourself and be judged by yourself. The righteous in the Bible are those who look to Jesus for their righteousness. They don't look at their good lives. And that got me thinking, Why on earth is Jesus talking about all this feeding and clothing and visiting and showing mercy? And I thought, imagine if I told Janelle, my wife, Janelle, I really, really, truly, honestly, wholeheartedly love you. I do say that. But I tell Janelle how much I love her And then when her family come to visit, I'm outright vicious towards them. Absolutely condemning of them, scathing. What would Janelle think if I tell her I love her to bits and then I mistreat her friends every time they come to their house or we see them out somewhere and I'm just a pig towards them, vicious? Would she feel loved by me? You don't even have to know Janelle to know the answer to that question. Would she feel loved by me and would I be a loving husband? Jesus talks about feeding and clothing and visiting and showing mercy simply because that's the beautiful fruit that comes forth with a living and loving relationship with Jesus. So I can say, I love God. I believe in Jesus Christ. But the real evidence of this will be seen in how I love and interact with the people of God especially the poor, especially the hungry, the sick, victims of injustice and people who are locked in prison even if they're there and you're thinking they got what they deserve. 
That's the test of your relationship with Jesus, loving other people, all people, in all situations in life, like you love the Lord. Jesus said, whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Jesus isn't saying do these things and get into heaven. He's saying these are the actions of a disciple walking in my grace and love. See, they can't help but serve. They love me so much and I love them and they can't help it. They're just out there busy and active, serving and loving people. And it's those acts of service done in faith that will be the source of this massive surprise come judgment day. It's a massive surprise. The two sets of people in Jesus' story are both caught. They're shocked. They're surprised by his judgment. Even those who are saved, they're amazed because Jesus saw the most tinsy, insignificant things they did coming from faith in him. And those who are rejected, they're surprised that Jesus saw what they didn't do for him. But notice this. Notice that the the sins of those who were saved never even got a mention. They never even got a, a second of airplay. And that's because they stand before God as forgiven people. The only things Jesus will bring to mind in the end are the acts of love and kindness that came welled up in you from faith in him and love for him. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Oh, they will be wonderful, sweet words. The alternative is to live your life without Jesus. The alternative is to not want his forgiveness, to not look to him in faith, to reject him and live for yourself and that's how you'll be seen and judged without Jesus. Not only will the bad things you've done count against you on that day, but the good things you failed to do will also count against you. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. These texts to the end of the church year, they are confronting, friends. They're tough. And this picture of the last judgment is in your face and in my face too. It's a picture we'd better not minimise though or else we belittle the death of Jesus on the cross. Hell, which is separation from God, is real. But hear this, Jesus said it was prepared for the devil and his angels not for you. It wasn't prepared for you. It's not what he wants. We don't need to worry about that unless we start rejecting the good shepherd, unless we start living our lives without him. But being in Christ is not something that a Christian person has to worry about. Remember that hell and separation was not prepared for you. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. So don't reject him. Don't reject the Lord. Receive his love. I asked you earlier, when you look into this passage, what do you see staring back at you? You see a sheep or a goat? I thought I'd share with you what I see. Because when I look into this passage, 
and I'm confronted by the law of God which stings me for all my flaws and all my failures and all the things I've messed up, which I do on a daily basis, then I see a goat staring back at me. I see a goat. But when I look at the cross of Christ, I see God looking at me as one of his sheep. I see God looking at me as a forgiven sheep that Jesus died for, that Jesus has transformed and renewed and justified and sanctified. He's done it. He's done it. What do you see? What do you see? Friends, look to Christ. Look to Jesus. Thank Him. Trust Him. Love Him. Not only with lip service, or your thoughts, but by seeing him in each and every person you meet on your journey this week. Instead of making judgment calls on other people, will you please, flowing from the faith that you've received, treat them the same way you would treat Jesus because that's his call on your life today. May God give you the strength to follow through on what you've resolved to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Father, we thank you that you are our King and our righteous judge and that you will always judge with a holy righteousness. You can't do anything wrong. We pray that we would be people who receive all your gifts of grace and mercy and love and appropriate them into our lives, that we would live and bear fruit in accordance with what we've received, that where we've done, where we've gone the wrong way, that we would do a U-turn, that we would repent and come back to you, knowing that your arms are wide open to receive us, that you are our good shepherd who laid down his life for us. Father, be at work in our hearts and lives today and again tomorrow and this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds safe In Christ Jesus. Amen.